there is more to life than settling for surviving. You were created to thrive. You were created for a purpose, on purpose, to live your purpose. But God didn't just create you to live your purpose. God also equipped you to live your purpose. He's given you tools to have a fulfilling life. He's given you the gifts you need to thrive. You are made for more. Say, I was made for more. Okay, y'all did a lot better than the other services. Don't tell them that. But I do want to hear it one more time. Say, I was made for more. Well, and the key to the more that you're made for is found in spiritual gifts. If you're a believer in Jesus, that's what it's found in. But so often we can get off track in our life of made for more when we start to think we're made for me. And made for me, that mindset follows one big lie. I got this. I got this. I can take care of it on my own. I don't need any help. I don't need anybody else. And for some of you, you might think that's how God designed it. And you believe in, well, God won't give me more than I can handle. That's correct. The laugh was absolute. Yes, he will. I'm sorry to break it to you. I got this. Or maybe you grew up in a house where your needs weren't valued where people told you that you can't have needs, and you say, okay, I got this. Maybe you grew up in an environment of pain, chaos, or trauma, and you learn that you can't trust people, and so you say, nope, I got this. Maybe you're here, and your life is going really well, and you might not say it out loud, but sometimes when you're alone, you're like, hey, God, I got this. You might just think it. Hey, there's a lot of problems in this world, God. Don't worry about me. I'm killing it over here. I got this. And for some of you, you're skeptical of God altogether. You don't know if you believe, you don't know what this is all about, or maybe you have believed and you still believe, but you've been disappointed. God has let you down in a big way and you think, I can't trust God. So you say, look, I got this. But here's the thing about I got this, this made for me life is not how we thrive. You were made for more than that. And the more that we're made for is what helps us thrive. See, living your purpose is about living for something greater than yourself that's not yourself. And that's what you were created for. That's the more you were made for. There's something bigger for us to be a part of. It's not about being made for me. It's about being made for more. And this week, there's a powerful picture that we're going to unpack that the Apostle Paul unpacks that's key to helping us understand this. And so this comes from the letter of 1 Corinthians in the Christian scriptures. And it was a letter that was written to the church at Corinth, Corinthians, those are the people, that Paul wrote. Now, Paul planted this church and he went and he traveled. So the way that they stayed in touch was that they'd write letters. And Paul was concerned about the Corinthians because they struggled with the same self-focus that sometimes we struggle with. They were living a made-for-me life and he wanted to help them. He wanted to give them the critical details and what it would take to live like they were made for more. And this is what he writes. Now to each one a gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. These are spiritual gifts, okay? And you might be uncomfortable. You might be like, this guy already made me say I was made for more. Now we're talking about spiritual gifts? I don't know about that, right? Maybe you come from a church background. Maybe you don't come from a church background at all. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, this can be an uncomfortable topic, and I get it. I felt the same way when I first heard about it. But stay with me, 
Because my responsibility in what we're doing in this series, we want to de-weird spiritual gifts. De-weird. That's a word. Look it up, okay? So what are spiritual gifts? It's a supernatural capacity, power, or ability. That's the best way to define them. Okay? And here's what happened. When Jesus died... He was resurrected, and when he went to heaven, he left us with his spirit. His spirit is the Holy Spirit. That's what it's called in the scripture, the Holy Spirit. And when you believe in Jesus, you receive that spirit. It's a promise that you were made for something more, for eternal life. When you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life, but the spirit that lives in you is not just there for eternal life. It's for an abundant life, now a better life here and now. And part of the way the Spirit does that is the Spirit gives you these gifts. That's what spiritual gifts means, literally gifts from the Spirit. And so when you were born physically, you got certain personality traits. You were born in certain places, certain experiences, abilities, passions, right? When you're born spiritually, you get some additional abilities, some passions that come from the Spirit that lives within you. And that's part of the more that you're made for. And so spiritual gifts literally means gifts from the spirit. And we created four categories. There's a lot of discussion over how many spiritual gifts there are, what there are. We wanted to make it simple. We created four categories just to talk about these gifts. And the first category is the one that kind of freaks people out. It's the supernatural spiritual gifts. And for these gifts, you might be somebody who loves to pray and you feel like God hears your prayers, or you may be getting dreams or visions, or you may walk by somebody on the street or in a store and you may go, I need to pray for that guy's aunt, okay? And I want to tell you, every time we talk about this, people come up to me and tell me, okay, I'm not crazy, (laughs) okay? Especially people who are just believing in Jesus and nobody talked about this stuff. They're like, my family was going to literally commit me, (laughs) right? Because I feel like I'm getting these visions and these dreams. Let me tell you a story of what that looks like. And so a little while ago, I went to lunch with Pastor Michelle Jack, and we were eating, but she seemed really uncomfortable and you know how that makes you insecure when you're at lunch and the person like really isn't there? And I'm like, okay, why, did, why are we going to lunch if you don't want to talk to me? And she's kind of like making these faces. And I can't do her faces really well, okay? So you got to trust me on this one. And it's kind of like, uh, uh, and I'm like, is something wrong with the food? Like, what's going on? Like, if something's wrong with the food, you tell me. We got the same thing. <laughs> and she's looking over my shoulder and she goes, no, I got to go pray for that girl. I gotta go pray for her. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's cool. I'll be in the car and you just come out when you're ready. But she wrote me into going with her and we did it. And here's the thing, I can't give you any of the details of what happened, but the point is, it was hugely significant for this girl. Michelle prayed for something that she did not know that God sent her to do that. She was just obedient to that like push that God gave her, even though she felt weird And it was a huge encouragement to this young girl and her family. That's what using those supernatural gifts look like. You may look weird, right? That's part of why we pick, I pick City Church. Hey, this isn't a weird church. Oh man, I was so, I was so wrong. But that, that was a slow one. Like that like rolled. It was like, yeah, okay, got it. Okay, yeah. Okay, but that's part of the supernatural gift. And there are people that you might be sitting here right now being like, There's some relief, right? The next gift I'll talk about is the helps gift. And the helps gift, you use your resources, your time, your money, your stuff, anything to make a tangible difference in the lives of others. 
And when I throw a party, I love when I've invited a bunch of helps people over because I like go to the bathroom and then everything's cleaned up. And you're just like, oh, thanks guys. That was awesome. Right? They took care of everything. But I joke, and we can all be helpful people, but for people with this helps gift, you want to do something tangible because you know the impact it makes in someone's life. You do something tangible because it's a way to say I love you with your actions, not just your words. The next gift is the leadership gift. And if you have the leadership gift, a lot of times you've been accused of being bossy, right? Especially for like young girls, it's always like, that girl's bossy. Let me give you a phrase now to start using when you see a young girl that's like ordering people around, say, no, she's got leadership potential. And this leadership gift, right? You might be somebody where people look to you to make decisions or they gather around like, hey, what are we going to do? And you're like, why are you asking me, right? You might have that leadership spiritual gift. You want to take people, you want to influence them, you want to organize them, and you want to move them to a better place. That's what that gift looks like. And the last one is care. And our care people typically have a deep sense of empathy and you care about the, the emotional and the spiritual well-being of people you might be the counselor for your group of friends or the people who come to you with their problems or in your family. You might be a person that when you're out and about or traveling, somebody just starts to talk to you about their problems and you're like, I don't know your name. Why are you talking to me about your fiance? Right? That can be a part of the care spiritual gift, but you care. You wanna help them because you know that they're hurting. That's part of that care gift. So those are the four categories of those gifts and it's important to understand these gifts aren't for ourselves. Your spiritual gifts aren't made for you. They're for the common good. That's the language that Paul uses. God gave us these gifts for others, and that's the clue. There's something bigger than us. We're made for more than just this, and we gotta get free from the mindset of me to experience it. And Paul uses a great analogy to help us understand what that looks like. This is what he writes. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Paul is using this analogy to describe the church. The body is the church. And you've heard us say, church is a body, not a building. This is the reference of where it comes from because the church is not this physical structure you're in or even this property. It's not this meeting. It's not this. The church is a body of people. It's a collection of people like you and me who are committed and inspired by Jesus to go out and make this world a better place and do things for the common good. It's a movement. That's what the church is. It's the body of Christ. And Paul says, you are the body of Christ. And what he really means is, y'all are the body of Christ. Now, if Paul was a Texan, he'd say, y'all are the body of Christ. That's what he means. You, me, us, all of us, you're all a part of that if you believe in Jesus. And you're here to continue the tangible work of Jesus' movement. Right? Jesus isn't physically here anymore, but he lives inside each follower of Jesus in spirit form, but he's relying on us to go and do the tangible work that has to be done in this world. And let me tell you, folks, there's some work that needs to be done. Can I get an amen? Yeah. It's okay to shout. Yeah, it's okay. If you're a person who's like, oh no, somebody's shouting, uh, that's okay too, right? Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, that's fine. 
Okay, that's fine, but if you want to raise your hand and shout, you can do that too. Everybody's welcome here. There's a diversity in all of that. All right, but here's the thing. These spiritual gifts are made to serve, and we're not here to tag along while Jesus does stuff. We're here to be active participants in what he's doing. That's the more you were made for. That's the thing bigger than yourself that you want to be a part of, that you're wired to be a part of. But these gifts are used to serve others, but they don't work when we use them in isolation. They don't work nearly as well. They're not as effective. See, when we start thinking we're made for me, I got this, I got this, and we don't use others, we're not as effective with our spiritual gifts. These gifts work best together. Okay, think of some great teams. The Power Rangers. Voltron, the Avengers, the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, it pains me to say that because I'm not really a Spurs fan, but y'all have made the playoffs for 400 straight years, and it's crazy. Okay, because those things take things that are good on their own, and they come together, and they become unstoppable. And that's the body of Christ. They take things that are good. You and me, we're good alone. We've got these spiritual gifts. We're living out. When we come together, we're unstoppable. And this is what Jesus says about it. He says not even the gates of hell can stop his church. There's nothing that can stand against. We are unstoppable when we live together as a body. And that's because when these spiritual gifts come together, it's God's power at work. And let me state the obvious. God's power is greater than your power. And his power is significant. When we come together, that same power flows through us, and we're unstoppable. But there's a tension. There's a tension in becoming a body, especially in our culture, because we're a culture of individuals, right? And Paul was writing to the Corinthians, they're struggling with the same thing, and he's, he navigates the tension between diversity and unity. And there's a tension between unity and diversity that we're all navigating, because there's a lot of diversity in this room. You've been given very specific things. You are incredibly special and unique. You have gifts, talents, abilities, passions, experiences. You were born where you were for a reason. There are different races, ages, cultures, all sorts of income levels represented here. There's a ton of diversity, but never in that diversity can we think, I got this, I'm made for me. Right? In that diversity, we have to figure out how to balance it with unity because you are special, but you're also a part of something bigger than yourself. And that tension is really big. It was big in the early church and it's big now because we can't think, I got this. But Paul wants to talk more about this balance between unity and diversity, and he does it in the next verses. This is what he says. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Every believer, everybody who believes in Jesus receives this spirit and you receive the gifts that come from it. You're part of the body. You're part of the body of Christ and without you, it's incomplete. There is a U-shaped hole in this movement if you're not using your spiritual gifts because it's not about you, it's about us. You were made for more than yourself. You're part of something bigger. Say, I was made for more. Say, we are made for more. Say, y'all are made for more. Are made for more. Yeah. 
Uh, That's my Texans right there. The body of Christ, we've been equipped with these gifts to serve for the common good and do something significant in this world. Bring light to the darkness, bring food to the hungry, bring water to the thirsty, bring love to the unloved, and welcome the men. That's what we're called to do. That's the church, y'all. I'll preach. That's what I'm talking about. You are Jesus' hands, his feet, his eyes, and his mouth. Anything tangible he's going to do in this world, he's going to do through you. He's not physically here. He's here in spirit form. But anything tangibly that needs to get done in this world, he's going to do it through y'all. All right. Paul continues. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, but God has put the body together so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. When Paul says weaker parts, he's not talking about like weaker body parts like muscle. He's talking about the unseen organs. And the unseen organs are indispensable because just because you don't see it don't mean you don't need it. Right? Have you ever tried to live without lungs? Walk without a heart? You need those things inside your body even if you don't understand them. And I want to tell you, you are important. No matter what part of the body you are, you're important because every part matters, especially behind the scenes. See, I get up here on the spotlight, and I'm like, yay, like a little clown, and I dance, right? And I talk, right? And I try to teach what God is having me teach, so that's the serious part. But this doesn't happen without people that pray. This doesn't happen without people who show up and mow the grass and make this place look beautiful. This doesn't happen without the people in the parking lot setting up cones to make sure that people can get here, especially for the first time. This doesn't happen without somebody serving them coffee with a smile and say, oh, I can drink coffee at church? This is awesome. This doesn't happen without people in the lobby opening doors and smiling and making people feel at home. This cannot happen without the people that are watching your kids right now that are making sure they're doing all right and teaching them about Jesus. This doesn't work without that. This doesn't work without the people that are insane that want to spend their free time with middle school and high school students and try to help them get better. This doesn't work without that. Every part matters. And you matter. So we find unity in that diversity. And so sometimes you might think, okay, that's not me. And sometimes when we turn inward and think, oh, I'm not special. I don't have anything to bring to the table. I don't have a gift. Right? We can get jealous of other people's gifts. And that puts us in a made-for-me mindset. I, I have a story about that, okay? The first spiritual gifts test I took was in college. I was a senior in college, and I'd become a believer in high school, so I was learning more about spiritual gifts, and they're still a little weird. But I was part of the leadership of a Christian organization on our campus, and so I was a senior guy, man. We were like the leaders, right? We're like, we're men now. We are no longer boys, And we're leading this thing, so we take a spiritual gifts test together, and we're going around the room sharing our gift, and it starts, and it's leadership. Next guy, leadership. Next guy, leadership. And then it gets to me, hospitality. (laughs) 
And I'm like, what? These guys are all leaders? Am I going to bake brownies while they do all the cool stuff? But then I had somebody pull me aside and said, look, Jesus had the gift of hospitality too. And the reason that people flock to him, the reason that the broken, the hurting, the lost, people that wouldn't be seen with an eyeshot of the spiritual leaders of the day, they flocked to Jesus because he made them feel at home. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, I'm in on that, all right. But we can feel like that, like our spiritual gift doesn't matter. But it does. You matter, you're a part of this body, and we need you. Okay, so to live your purpose and live out these gifts and, and have these gifts in your life and be a part of the body, there's a couple things I'm gonna ask you to do. The first thing is, I wanna ask you to believe in Jesus. Because if you don't believe, there's no body. If you don't believe, there's no spiritual gifts. City Church exists so that all people can believe and thrive in Jesus. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, we're glad you're here. You might be skeptic, you might be agnostic, you might be a hardcore atheist, like this is all garbage. I'm glad you're here and you're welcome. Please keep coming back. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, we love you and we're glad you're here. And we hope that at some point, not because of a pressure, not because of fear, we hope that at some point you meet Jesus and you say, I believe in Jesus because I know he loves me. And your next step is just believing in him. So what are you believing, right? And when you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit and not only do you get eternal life, you get a better life here and now. And in addition to what happens inside you, you also join a body of these crazy people that are going to try to take care of you and love you. Okay, this is what you're believing in. You believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He came to earth and died for your sins and paid the price for them. Then he was resurrected and showed his power over the grave so that you would not spend eternity without a God that loves you. That's what you're believing in. And it doesn't take fancy words, or there's no rituals. You just have to have the faith, you have to believe that. You can say it in your words, or you can just think it in your head, because God doesn't try to find loopholes to keep you out of heaven. He's fighting to get you in. <laughs> and so if that's you, again, no pressure, you just say, you just pray those simple prayers, and our prayer team will be up here later, and you can pray with them, and we can help you. That's a hugely significant decision. But if you already believe in Jesus, I wanna ask you to be your part of the body. I want you to serve with your spiritual gifts. Not fill a spot, not sign on a spreadsheet. I want you to live with purpose and serve with your spiritual gifts. And you might be thinking, John, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. Well, good, I have the class just for you. I teach something called the Purpose Path. If you're interested, city.church slash purpose. And we walk through and help people identify not only their personality type, but spiritual gifts. And we help you understand what you're made for. Now, at the end of it, you don't get mailed like a diploma in the mail that says, these are your four spiritual gifts, and this is what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. It's the first step. You're taking the first step towards living with purpose and identifying your spiritual gifts. You can sign up again at city.church purpose. There's one coming up September 21st, but we have more after that. And I think it would be really good for you to discover what that looks like. The last part of this, of getting free from the made for me mindset to live in the made for more that we want is our pain. See, I've worked with a lot of people trying to help them live their purpose, and there's something that holds them back, and so often, it's the pain that you've experienced in your life. It's the trauma, it's the hurt, it's all those things, and those, that pain is a barrier to the purposeful life 
that you want to live. And to serve as the body of Christ, you have to process your pain. You have to get freedom from those things that have hurt you because it will hold you back over and over and over again. And let me tell you, you guys know this, pain makes you selfish. And if you want to learn that, go stub your toe and see how much you care about your kids and your spouse. (laughs) You just are like, nothing matters. Nothing matters besides your pain. And that's true of physical pain, but let me tell you, it's true of your emotional pain. And when you're just sitting in that pain, you can't think of others. You can't serve. You can't help to the same level that God is trying to empower you to help if you're sitting in that pain. This is what Paul writes. He says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. You cannot heal alone, and you do not hurt alone. We're here together. Let me tell you a story about this. A, a little while ago, I hurt my foot. It was a couple of years ago, and it was, I was fighting off a pack of wolves, and I fractured my foot. I was moving furniture in the video cafe. That's really what was happening. And I dropped a couch on my foot. So I had a fracture. It was just a little fracture in my right foot, And I was walking around and it hurt a little bit and my wife made me go to the doctor eventually and she was right, I had a fracture in my foot. And so here's what happened though, my right foot didn't just hurt, my right ankle started to hurt because I was walking kind of funny. And then my left knee started to hurt because I changed how I was walking, but then my hips were hurting because I was walking all out of like whack and weird. And then my back started to hurt because there was a lot of tension going on. And then my shoulders and my neck tensed up because of all this that was going on. And then I would have a headache. That's how the body works. With one little fracture, the whole body hurts. So if you're hurting right now, we got to do some treatment. Because what happened with my foot is they put it in a boot. And I had to walk around with a silly boot. But it took weeks and it took time to heal. And that's what I want to do. We're going to start the healing process here today. Because again, that pain is a barrier to you thriving. Pain is the barrier to the freedom that you seek. Pain is the barrier to living your purpose. Pain is a barrier to you thriving. Pain is a barrier to you experiencing God's power working through you. you got to find freedom from the pain first. And so if that's you, if you're sitting here like, uh-oh, I'm going to have to deal with some stuff, right? Or maybe something came up in your heart, that's okay, right? Because you don't hurt alone, we hurt together. We hurt together, we heal together, and we're going to try to get some healing here today. So we're going to do just a little moment of prayer, because the body's not whole without you. We want you to be a part of that and experience it. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes, let's create an environment where everybody can feel pretty free, right? Even if you're not used to prayer, all you have to do is close your eyes and be quiet. You don't have to do anything. And what I want to do in this time is kick off our healing process. I want to put a boot. I want to put some stitches on the pain that we're experiencing. And I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm going to give you some instructions of what to do if you want to heal. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done, God. We believe that you are a healer and that the spirit that is within us can heal us from any pain that we may have experienced. No pain is too great. Nothing we've done wrong can separate us from you unless we stay behind this barrier of pain. It's our choice. Father, I pray that you give people the courage to surface whatever this pain is, whatever the thing is that's holding them back. 
God, I pray for the people who haven't believed in you yet. I pray that you take them one step closer to you, calling them as a loving God that wants them to come into the fold. God, I pray that you help us identify our gifts and that we all stand together. But most of all, Father, the people who are dealing with the pain, who know they're walking on a fractured foot, who know they have a punctured lung, who know they have a separated shoulder, whatever part of the body they are, God, I pray that they can surface and deal with whatever the pain is. It might be forgiveness. You might need to forgive somebody. It might be something that happened to you when you were a kid way back when or something that you did to somebody else. The more I talk about it, the more I realize it might have been a church that hurt you. You're good with Jesus, but you're mad at the church. Whatever that pain is, it's going to keep you from living your purpose. So, Father, I pray that you give us the bravery to bring it to the surface and the enthusiasm and the energy to continue the process of healing. Okay, this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. If that's you, if you have some pain that you've carried in here today, and if it's not you, that's okay, pray with us because you're part of the body. I want you to clench your fists. Clench your fists as tight as you can. You clench those fists and that is symbolic of the pain you hold and the pain that holds you. God, clench those fists tight, and I want you to say what specifically it is to God. You don't even need to say it out loud. You can just think it, but just say, God, this is my pain, and bring it before him. Whatever that thing is in your life that's holding you back, it might be a lot of things, but pick one. Say, God, here it is. And once you've done that, and you're holding on real tight, I want you to let go. Open your hands up. That feeling is freedom from a tightly bound fist to an open hand. That's freedom. And we pray, God, that whatever you have, you give it to us. We release all of that pain. We release all the old stuff we hold on to. We release it and we give it to you, Father. We know that this is the start. This is the boot. This is the stitch. But that you are going to heal us, God. God, we would love if it happened in this instant, Lord. So I pray that your power Come and you heal somebody right here, right now of something big, God. But we know that for most of us, it's going to be a healing process. It's going to be something that takes time. And so with our hands open, Father, we offer it all to you. And we say, we are your body. In your name, amen. All right, thank you. If you're still processing and dealing with that hurt, our prayer team is going to be down here. These are people that demonstrate some of those supernatural spiritual gifts and the care gifts. They want to talk to you. They want to pray with you. They want to love on you. So if you made that decision for the first time to follow Jesus or if you're just dealing with your pain, come and talk to these people. If you want to take the next steps to what that looks like, go out to Connection Point and find the next steps to deal with some of the pain that you're experiencing. I'm coming back next week to teach the thing that ties it all together because if you don't come back next week, you might as well not have come. All right, I love you guys. I'll see you next week.